grateful that I can come into your throne room, Lord, and I can give you praise, Lord, and I can lift up a sweet savor of a, of a worship unto you, Lord, and my, my prayers are never unheard, Lord God, but it's just the smallest whisper of a prayer, and you'll be there for me, Lord, I can turn towards you, thank you, Lord, that I can enter into your throne room.
Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's lift them up right now. Glory. Oh, God, I'm so glad. Oh, God, I'm so glad that I have access. We all have access to the throne room. Because when you pray, God has given us access. That's what prayer does. Prayer gives us access to God's throne room. Hallelujah. And you're so glad this morning that you have access to the Lord. Come on, won't you just give him some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're going to get ready to go before the Lord this morning in prayer today. And as we go before the Lord, let's always lift up our pastors, brothers and sisters Rosen, always lift them up before the Lord. Let's remember our missionaries, brother and sister Tia, also brother Michael Washington. Let's pray for all of our missionaries, our global as well as North American missionaries. Let's pray for them as well. Let's pray for the nation of Israel and also for all of the innocent people that are also being, that are not want to be involved, but they're involved because they're located in that area. And uh, let's pray for all of our military units that are being sent to that area. Um, we just don't know, really. But God knows. But I want to say this. If you're not in the church, you need to be in the church. You need to be saved. Because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. But God knows. And so God desires for you to be saved if you're not saved. But I just wanted to say that this morning. I felt led to say that because it's so important. Things are happening. We don't know what's going on. The news media is not going to tell you because the devil wants you to be blinded. He wants you to be blinded so you can be lost. God anyhow. Let's continue to pray for the sick and the shut-in, and let's pray for laborers. Let's pray for laborers. God, help us to give us some laborers. We need some laborers. Pastor just mentioned it to us this morning that we need to reach out beyond ourselves. We need to reach people because the, the time is winding up. How many of you have something you need from the Lord today? Amen. God knows your need, and he sees what you need today. And also, Janice Fisher need a touch from the Lord. She has pneumonia. She's in Hurley Medical Center in Flint, Michigan. We want to pray for her this morning as well, that God will touch her and meet her and heal her today. Let's go before the Lord together. Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come before you this morning. Father God, we thank you this morning that we can call on your name. We thank you that you are a present help in the time of trouble, in the time of need. We thank you, God, that you're here to touch us, here to heal us. You're here to save us. You're here to help us, God, to be what we need to be this morning. And God, in Jesus' name, as I pray today, God, I pray that your will will be accomplished in this service. I pray for our pastors. I pray, God, that you would bless Pastor and Sister Rosen. I pray that you would keep them safe, that you would keep them with good health and good strength. I pray that you would keep them renewed and revived, oh, God, and put angels around them. And, oh, God, I pray that you would help us to help them to reach those that need to be reached. I pray that you will stir us up, God. Stir up our hearts. Stir up our spirits. God, don't let us be satisfied where we are. Don't let us be satisfied with the status quo. Oh, God, help us to go beyond ourselves. 
Help us to reach out to those that need to be reached right now. God, I pray that you would touch this nation, that you would touch Israel. God, help that nation. Bless that nation. God, touch our troops. Touch all of those that have been sent to that area right now. Almighty God, I pray that you would pour your spirit upon all that need to be saved and filled, God. I pray for Janice Fisher this morning. Oh, God, that you would touch her, God, that you would heal her body of that pneumonia. I pray this morning, God, for everybody in this sanctuary, every need. My God, touch Michael Washington. Touch Brother Tear and Sister Tear. Keep them safe. Oh, God, touch all of our missionaries. Bless them today. Oh, God, we need you, Lord. Oh, God, have your way this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord Jesus a hand clap. Sister Bridget, how many is excited about our community event? Praise the Lord. It's always a great opportunity to invite some folks out uh, and join us. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I want to welcome all of our guests at Church of Pentecost. On behalf of our pastors, brother and sister Olson, we are so glad that you are 
are here and joining us on a Sunday morning. Uh, we do uh, would like to meet and fellowship with you uh, after service. We do have a guest reception in our vestibule, so please uh, don't be in a rush to, to go. We want to hang out with you and get to know you a little bit more because we are so glad that you are here. Amen? Praise the Lord. I do want to also make mention that October is Pastoral Appreciation Month. Yes, don't we love brothers and sisters? Oh, we can do better than that. Don't we love our pastors around here? Amen. Praise the Lord. They left their, their comfort zone, and they came all the way to Jacksonville, Florida, so that we would have a place to gather and to bring our friends and our family and have a place to worship. So this is that month that we honor them and show appreciation uh, for them. Amen. You know, I had a little note in my calendar uh, last week, and I do want to make mention of it because uh, they're special as well. It is Mother-in-Law Appreciation Day. So if your mother-in-law is in the place, <laughs> I see you back there. My mother-in-law is here. We do appreciate all of our mother-in-laws. <laughs> we got to give honor where honor's due. Praise the Lord. I do have a few announcements to make as well. On Tuesday, we'll be having our international uh, Bible study, which is our Spanish and Portuguese and English-speaking Bible study uh, in our Fred Olson Center, which is the brick building here on campus at 7 p.m. this Tuesday. We're also having prayer uh, here in this building at 7 o'clock. Uh, it's open for, for everyone, but we're going to be a focus on all of our musicians, those that are in the choir, those that are in the crowd, those that play uh, instruments. This will be an opportunity for us to gather all together uh, and pray. Don't we enjoy the music around here? Praise the Lord. So I encourage you to come out on Tuesday night. And as I already mentioned, our trunk or treat um, will be next Sunday between the hours of 5 and 7. Uh, it's a great opportunity to invite your friends and community to join us. Uh, it's always a great opportunity. Um, and last but not least, um, our Systems and Strategies uh, Conference. The registration did open uh, for that on this past Monday. Now, listen, this is a fantastic opportunity. You don't have to spend millions of dollars to, to be a part of this. We're bringing folks in from all over the country for you. So if you're a part of this church and you want to be a part of it, their early registration, you can do that on Secure Give, and it's only $25, uh, which is a saving. So I encourage you uh, to sign up and be a part of that. Listen, it's not about where you are currently in your life. It's what does God have in store for my life. And this conference will help you peel back the onion of all the possibilities God really has in store for your life. Isn't that exciting all by itself? So I encourage you to sign up uh, for that. That's all the announcements that I have uh, this morning. So if our ushers can make their way, and we can take this morning's offering. Amen? Praise the Lord. In Deuteronomy 16 and 17, it reads, Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessings of the Lord your God, which he has given to you. Now, the book of Deuteronomy uh, mentions in this story that several times a year they would journey to this, this sanctuary for a festival. And at these festivals, the participants will be encouraged to give what they could in proportion, in proportion to what God has given them, remembering that everything that we have, we have actually belongs to God anyway. So this is an opportunity for us to look at our lives and to give as a proportion of how God has 
blessed our lives. Amen? So it doesn't matter whether it folds or whether it jingles. Giving unto the Lord is about just being obedient and doing so. So let's go before the Lord in prayer this morning, shall we? Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, this morning. Lord, we give honor to you in your house. Lord God, as we're here in agreement that you have been so, so very good to us. This morning, Lord, we say thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness and your grace in our lives. We invite you into our plans. We invite you into our finances this morning as we know that it's only you that teaches us to profit. So, Lord God, as we come to present our tithes, as we come to present our offerings, Lord, as our gift of obedience and sacrifice to you, let our giving be an honest reflection of your goodness in our life and let it be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. In your precious and holy name we pray, in Jesus' name. If God has been good to you, if he has been good to you, can we put our hands together one more time? And can we honor him? God bless.
had his arms wide open for him. It didn't matter what he had been through. It didn't matter the mud that he was in previously. He was inside of the troughs with the pigs, but there was a moment when he recognized, he said, if I could just get back inside my father's house, if I could just get back inside my father's house, I'll serve, I'll serve whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, I'll serve him. I'll serve him if that's what it takes to get back inside of his house. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This may be a song that the captive can't yet sing, but if we sing long enough, they might join in with us. This may be a dance that's too heavy for those chains, but if we dance long enough, well, the curtains will open
thank you, Lord. It is good to be in the house of the Lord today. It is good to see you in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Our God is able to do anything that we have need of him to do. I said he's able. Amen. And so we are so glad that you're here today. And I pray that the word of God will touch you. It's good to be back in the pulpit today. Amen. And, uh, but I do want to say to those of you that are newer to our church, uh, events like we're having next Sunday evening uh, are ways for you to get on the inside of the church instead of on being feeling like an outsider. Amen. Because what happens when you come and help and be a part of, you build relationships. Amen. That's what happens. And so uh, we invite you to come and be a part of that and Sister Bridget will be out there, and you can talk to her after the service uh, here today. We are going to turn to Luke, the 13th chapter, and let's remain standing for the read of the Word of God. Luke 13 and 34 says this, Jesus said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how oft I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings but you were not willing. For a few moments today, I want to talk about the will of God. Amen? The will of God. You may be seated this morning. Since the beginning of mankind, God's will is to protect mankind from the destructive forces of evil. That's all he's ever wanted to protect you. And so Jesus, in speaking here uh, in Luke 13, he is talking to Israel and Jerusalem, and he says, uh, he said, what I wanted to do was to be like a hen that would protect her brood under her wing. That's all I wanted to do. Now, I know that people... Uh, sometimes uh, do not understand God's will and His way. Some, the propaganda uh, of the world and those that are promoting things in the world is that the things of God are restrictive and they are, uh, they're not in your best interest and we just want to make sure that all your fun is taken away. And none of that is true. But it's, you know, if you advertise it long enough and say it long enough, people believe it. That's just the way it is. God's will and his way is to bring protection to mankind. You know, one of the definitions of evil is causing harm. Now, I know that uh, the devil would like for you to believe that something uh, that is evil is something so horrible that none of us in here have ever done it. Boy, it's quiet. That's what he wants us to believe, evil. No, it's causing harm. Now, I, I do admit that some things cause more harm than others. I do admit that. And, and we know 
that, that to be true. But really the point of the, what I'm trying to say here uh, is that all of us have caused harm. Every person in here has caused harm in some uh, degree or another. So we all need repentance. Every one of us need to say, God, I'm sorry for the harm that I have caused. But Jesus said in our text, I just wanted to protect you. So when you think about the will of God, don't think about all the rules and regulations that you think uh, are, are there. But think about what God's will is for you. What does he want for your life? Uh, you know, from the very beginning, it was God's will to keep Adam and Eve from the knowledge of the difference between good and evil. That was God's will. Don't eat of the fruit of that tree. Don't do it. So God just wanted to keep them away from those things that they didn't really want. They thought they wanted it. The devil convinced them that it was something they wanted, but it really wasn't something that they really wanted. He said, don't eat of that tree. Of course, the evil force the Bible calls a serpent uh, caused uh, that wanted to cause harm, convinced Eve that the fruit was good. And it says in Genesis 3 and 6, so when the woman, talking about Eve, saw that the tree was good for food and is pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and she gave to her husband with her and he ate. So what the Bible is presenting here. Uh, uh, is the lust of the flesh, which is mentioned somewhere else, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And that's really every sin is under those categories. Everything that is harmful to you is in one of those categories. The lust of the flesh, which is it was good for food, and the lust of the eyes, which was it was pleasant, it looked nice, and the other was to make one wise, which is the pride of life. And so all things follow under these things uh, that will cause harm in your life. But the real truth of the matter that the serpent didn't tell them was that they were going to lose their innocence. And that's the propaganda that is in our world. And, oh, that looks nice. Oh, I'd like to be a part of that. Ooh, and they don't understand the consequences of what's going to happen in their lives. Every parent in here has at some point or another desired that their children would just stay innocent. But the truth of the matter is there's forces that would take that from them and will take that from them. God's desire is for us to have his will protecting us from the things that would destroy us. 
See, God's will for Adam and Eve in all humanity is to keep them from evil. Psalms 91 and 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, or the protection of the Almighty. Genesis 12, we read in the first verse, it says, Now God had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those that, who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and in you and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, God made a covenant, a binding agreement with Abram, and he says, if you will do my will, which is to leave where you're living, and go to a land that I show you. If you will do my will, then I will. And that's really how it works. God asks us to do certain things and given us an understanding that if you'll make this step, then I will do this or I'll make that step. And so that we do our part and then God does his part. Well, I'm telling you, our part is so small uh, that it is nothing compared to God's part. So he says to Abram, I I'm going to make you a great nation. I I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. And I'm going to have people blessing you. And I'm going to curse people that curse you. And all of your family uh, is going to bless all the families of the earth. None of those things are possible without God. But he said, if you'll just follow my direction, if you just follow my will. Now, God had a purpose in what he wanted to do, and that's what God wants in your life. He's got a purpose. He's got a desire to take you to a certain place. And so, yes, he wants to give you some instructions, uh, uh, and he wants to help you to take certain paths uh, because he has a purpose for your life. I will tell you that the purpose of God does, doesn't have to do only with this life. But if you will follow him in this life, then what the Bible tells us, uh, that he will give you eternal life. I have said many times in this pulpit, God's desire for every person in our world is that they go and live with him in heaven. That's God's will. That's what he wants. That's what he wants for all of you. That's what he wants for all the billions of people out there. You know, God says, okay, Abram, do my will, and I will bless you. The will of God is that good things will come to our lives. Now, we're talking about the will of God here today. You probably thought when I said that that, that you were going, I was going to talk about a whole lot of different things. But I want you to understand God's 
desire and will for humanity. You know, the problem is, you say, well, man, if that's the truth, wow, come on, bring it on. But the problem is that man hasn't always seen that God's will is the best way for them. And so in their thinking, in their processes of, of, of uh, things working in their life, they think, well, I don't know if that's really right or not. It, you know, it's, it's kind of like trying to convince a teenager that father knows best. <laughs> if you've ever had one, you know what I'm talking about. God's will for your life is to direct you and to guide you and to take you places that are good for you. See, God, our creator, has all power and all wisdom and all knowledge. And yes, he does know what's best for us in this life and eternity. I've lived for God a while now, and I promise you, I've never seen anything else than that he wants what's best for me. You know, you get to know, you have a relationship with somebody, you get, after a while, you get to know them pretty well. You know, and my relationship with God has been that, that he's always wanted what was best for my life. Just like Adam and Eve, he's, he wants to sometimes say, no, 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 you don't want to eat of that tree. You don't want to eat of that fruit. Don't, don't, don't take a bite. What do you mean I can't take a bite? It's because he wants what's best for you. He wants to guide your life. He wants to show you the, the path that that will lead to right living. The Bible says righteousness. Exodus 33 and 19 says, And then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. This is God talking to Moses. And he said, I want to be gracious. I want to be compassionate. That's what I want. You know, the Bible, the New Testament, is, has plenty about God's will for mankind. It says in Matthew 8 and 7, And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Now, Jesus was telling about the centurion that his servant was sick. And so when the centurion said, my servant's sick, and, and the Lord said, I'll, I'll come and heal him. You know why? Because that is the will of God, to heal. Healing, whether it is for the physical body or the mental body or, most importantly, the spiritual man. 
That's his will. He wants every one of you to be healed. It says in Matthew 11 and 8 and 28 and 29, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and I will, and you will find rest for your souls. That's the will of God. The will of God is for you to find rest. And he talks about a yoke, and I'm not going to go long into about the yoke, but the yoke is where you tie two animals to do work together. Sometimes it's made of different materials, but, but it ties them together so they stay in sync. And God wants you to stay in sync with him because wherever he goes is the best way to go. But he says, I'm gentle, I'm meek. You know, God is not, doesn't run over his roughshod. He doesn't grab us by the neck of the neck and say, buddy, you're going to do this whether you want to or not. That's not God. The Lord said, I'm gentle. I I'm going to try to convince you. I I'm going to try to persuade you. But you have to decide. Luke 21 and 15 says, For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. So God says, I'm going to give you wisdom of words so that when people come against you, you'll know what to say. It's God's will to give you that wisdom. John uh, 6 and 39, this is the will of my Father who sent me, that of all uh, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who has sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The will of God is for you to have everlasting life. Yeah, that's his will. That is his, his desire. Jesus said that, you know, that's what he wants. You know, in John 7 and 38, Jesus said, He who believes in me as the scripture has said. So what's the problem? If God's will is to do all these wonderful things, well, in our text, and I'm going to read that again. Gives us the answer. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. But you were not willing. That's the problem. Just not willing. I don't want to do that. I don't want all these good things. See how crazy that sounds? I don't want all that. Why don't people see the value 
of doing God's will and are unwilling. The enemy of their soul and the fleshly nature, the fallen nature, we do have a fallen nature, that tells them about the pleasures of sin, and there is pleasures, the Bible says, for a season. And it doesn't tell them about the consequences, which is the death of their souls. And so they have this skewed understanding or look at the way things are and what will happen. And they think the things of God are so restrictive. And all God's saying is, yeah, there is a restriction here. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Oh, that's terrible. I can't believe you don't want me to do that. No, he doesn't want you to lose your innocence, Adam and Eve. No, the things of God are, are to, as I've read to you many scriptures, he wants to do good things in your life. And, but what we don't understand is the fact that the consequences of doing what the flesh feels like brings about things in our life that we don't really want. And we wonder, why, why is my life this way? Why is my life so bent out of shape? Why, what's, you know, the things that are, that, uh, the troubles that I have and, and all the stuff that's going on, why? It's because you think that it's a bad thing to be yoked to the Lord. That's why. You, you wonder why our world is not getting any better? I'm going to tell you why. They've rejected the will of God. The confusion that's in our world today. People are angry at each other all the time. Why do you think that's going on? Because they've rejected the will of God. They said, nah, we're not interested. No, we like the way, the way things are. You know, I've listened to um, a lot of gospel music. And uh, so, uh, you know, XM, you can get several of those stations and and I listen to it and I have heard so many songs that are written by these artists and they're all talking about the good old days oh if we could just be like we used to be they got there's one called 1945 do you know what happened in the good old days is still available today? I got a solution. Let's do what we did in 1945. I just hear all, I mean, you wouldn't believe the number of songs I've listened to. And I think, well, I know what the answer is. Guys, call me up, I'll tell you. It's because they recognize, the gospel songwriters recognize the way the world is and the way the church world is. 
Proverbs 13 and 15 says, Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. God designed us to have protection and goodness in our lives. That's how he designed us. And when we abuse that, then what happens is like when you abuse anything, what is it eventually breaks. Eventually it falls apart. Because God's will is for you to have protection and goodness in your life. That's his will. Part of the problem is we have been given a strong will. God did that. God gave you a strong will. He gave it to you. You know why he gave it to you? So that you wouldn't be run over by the devil. Yeah, sure. Because the devil's will is to possess every one of you. That's his will. You can say, nope, don't think so. Now, when people do get devil-possessed, it's because they have lent themselves to a stronghold of Satan. They have decided to turn their will over. And so they get that in their lives. But most people do not because they don't lend themselves to that. They don't turn their wills over. See, the pleasure of sin in our flesh and the discipling of our flesh, of the disciplining of our flesh, when we don't follow God's will, discourages us from doing the will of God. You know, most people like just to be a piece of driftwood, just floating down the river or on the ocean tide waves keep slapping it in then slapping it in sometimes it finally gets to the shore and it's sitting on the shore just a driftwood whatever comes whatever happens just they have no direction for their lives and so a lot of people just they live their life they get up to the same thing every day they wake up in the morning well okay I gotta go to work okay Got to come home. Got to eat something. Probably sit down and watch something. It's a cycle just over and over and over. Because there's no discipline in their lives. God can give us, because it is his will for us to do great things. Every one of us. It's his will to work great things through our lives. And if we will simply let him, he will motivate us. He will kind of help us along towards that path of accomplishing the great things that God wants to accomplish in our lives and through our lives. People that decide to go the path of least resistance, 
they reject God's will in their life. But they miss out on the wonderful things that come from God's will in their life. John 16 and 7 says in the, New, in the King James, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, another translation says Helper, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now you say, what is this Comforter or Helper? The Bible tells us in John, the 14th chapter, Jesus says that the Comforter or Helper is the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. So if you're having trouble with either doing your will instead of God's will, God says, I'm going to send you a helper. So not only does God ask you to take a path, but he gives you something that will help you go down that path. He doesn't ask you to do something and say, well, good luck. He says, I'm, I'm going to give you something that will help you do my will and have all the good things that come from my will, which is the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Ghost. It says in Acts 2 and 17, it says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaids I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. So when people come to our church that are having a problem with their fleshly nature or maybe doing their will which is not working out for them we say we know of a helper we know of a comforter and many people have received this helper or comforter which is the spirit of God the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost the Bible calls it and it's available to everyone. I don't know. I kind of want to do the will of God. Because I like all the promises. I, I like all the things he said he's going to do if I do. I want the will of God in my life. I don't know if you really want the will of God in your life or not. But I'm trying to convince you this morning of the fact that his will is the best way. And there's a few others in here that believe the same thing. God's will. So do you want God's will or do you want your will? I'm limited in what I'm able to accomplish for myself. I know the success of my life and the reason that I'm able to stand here today simply becomes because God has had his will in my life. Every one of us in here 
You know, a lot of people walk into church and they think, oh, they think everybody's got halos and angels' wings. And nah, we're just people that realize one day that our will wasn't working. And we say, God, we need your will in our lives. We want what you want, God. And because of that, you look and you say, wow, these people look like they're, they're upstanding citizens. Well, you know who made us that way? The one that keeps us that way. The Lord himself. We believe in following his will. And yes, I do want to be yoked to him. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I want his will in my life. Let's stand today. All of us, every person in here today struggles with our will or God's will. Not me. I struggle. You know why? Because I have, I have a body and I have a fleshly nature, a fallen fleshly nature that I still have to deal with. That's why the Apostle Paul says I got to die daily. But the Lord in his will for my life has given me a helper. says, okay, I'm not only going to show you that this is a good way, I'm going to help you follow this way. And so when you receive the Holy Ghost and you are, have a connection and, and, and a, uh, an experience of a relationship with him and you, you keep following after him and you keep saying, God, not my will, but but thine be done. Your, your will be done, God. And, and, and you keep fighting your will so that you can submit it to God's will. And then you know what he says? Okay, when you're weak and anemic, I'm going to let you have the Spirit of God to be with you. And so when we speak in tongues and we, we are filled with his Spirit and, and it lives with us day by day, it keeps us going. And it keeping us going causes God's will, which is good for us, to happen. Anyone that follows the path of God's will will have the good things that he wants to do in your life. that he wants to do in your life. But you have to decide that you're not going to be like these ones that Jesus talked to in our text that didn't want it, the will of God. They didn't want the protection of God. They didn't, they didn't want God working in their lives. You've got to decide, no, 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 I'm not going to follow that path. 
going to yield myself to him. I'm going to say, God, whatever you want, whatever you want to do in my life, God. Lord, I, I want your helper to be with me day by day, that I'm able to follow the path that, that you have made for me. That's what we've got to do in our lives. This morning, it is our custom, if you're new to our church, to, to ask people to come to the front to pray because we feel like it's a spot where we say, make a commitment to God. God, I'm responding to what you've said to me today. I'm responding. And if you want the will of God in your life, if you really want the will of God, then why don't you just step out and say, God, not what I want, not what I think is good, but God, I want to submit myself to you. Why don't you step out today and just come here and talk to God and say, I want your will in my life. I want the good things that you have designed for me. Amen. So these altars are open. If you're a guest today, don't feel uncomfortable about coming and praying with us today. Just come and stand here and talk to God today.